0: Welcome back to PT Meal Podcast. This is episode 81 and the start of a new set of guests for you all. Today, we are going to talk about side gigs and side hustles for clinicians and academicians with Dr. F. Scott Field. We talked about his side gigs and how he started with them. He also discussed the proper mindset and motivation in starting your own side gigs and hustles. And also, he shared how to turn something you're passionate about into something profitable. Before that, a little something about our guests. Dr. F. Scott Field is a husband, a father, a physical therapist, a professor, and most recently an Amazon best selling author. F. Scott is also a business coach and a mentor despite starting his journey as an English major before becoming a physical therapist. He is one of the three co-hosts of the Healthcare Education Transformation podcast, which aims at breaking down the silos between the healthcare professions and and trying to find best practices in teaching and learning throughout the healthcare academia. His goal is to help at least 222 professors pay off their student loans quicker by using multiple revenue streams. Now, let's take a listen. All right, welcome back to another episode of PT Meal Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercises, activities, and leisure. I'll pack in a hearty conversation of physical therapy, profession, and practice. I am Johan De La Paz, your host again. Welcome to the show. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about side hustles and side gigs for physical therapists, uh, clinicians, professors. And to help us with that topic is... um, is F Scott uh, feel?
1: <laughs> it's strange to say that the the letter first. I know, <laughs> I know. We we can we can go into that story a little bit. I, I don't mind telling that story. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Scott. Yeah, Johan, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Dr. F. Scott Field. Uh, the F doesn't stand for anything. I grew up on <laughs> Long Island, New York, and my dad was an English teacher for 32 years. So he named me after F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, but his first name was Francis. My dad didn't want to name me that. So he just <laughs> left it as the letter F, which uh, is great. It's cool till you turn 16. Then, like I said, everything, uh, you know, all your legal documents get screwed up because it's all first name, middle initials. So thanks for that, Pop. Uh, appreciate you You know, looking down, laughing on me right now. But uh, yeah. I'm happy to be here, man. I love the podcast. I've been uh, listening to a couple episodes now, and uh, I really like what you're doing. I think you're spreading a good message. So I'm I'm just super pumped to be here tonight and kind of talk about some different things that uh, healthcare clinicians and academicians can get into on top of their nine to five Mm -hmm. and the reason behind a lot of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's it's one of those things that kind of happened to me by accident. I I Mm -hmm. fell into a lot of these things accidentally. So I'm excited to kind of tell the story about a lot of them.
0: Sure, and I'm excited to hear that too. But before we really like dig into it, uh, could you give us a little background on, you know, uh, what you do as a physical therapist, and then probably like lead on to how you started in the, that side hustle, side gig um, area.
1: Yeah, sure. So I graduated from East Carolina in about 2006, I think it was. It was a master's program back then. And then they offered the third-year transitional doctorate if you stuck around. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. You know, that sounds like the way the field's going. And uh, I started it there at ECU, but then my dad got sick, had some health problems. He ended up uh, passing away before I could finish my, my capstone project. And then the window of opportunity kind of closed on me there. And so uh, it took me a handful of times to pass my board exam. And while I was studying for it, I was living at home with my mom and trying to help her out after losing my dad. And, uh, you know, I, I just wasn't even sure that I wanted to go into physical therapy anymore. You know, I kept failing the damn the uh, test, the NPTE exam. I, uh, you know, I had to I worked at the hospital as a PT tech. Mm -hmm. And I had to go past the room where he passed away every day to clock in and clock out. And that was really starting to wear, wear on me. You know, it was a a bummer of a situation. So as soon as I passed the test, I just had to travel and find myself. So I started out as a traveling physical therapist. I was out in the middle of nowhere, Texas at a sniff. Then I went uh, to Honolulu, Hawaii for six months doing home health. That was really cool. And then I ended up in Asheville, North Carolina for three months doing home health as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. After that, I kind of settled down in Charlotte, worked at an outpatient, Setting for a couple of years, then down to Savannah, where I did outpatient for about a year. Then Atlanta, uh, where I did um, Workman's Comp for a year or two, and then from Atlanta, they had an opening in Waco, which was closer to where my wife's family was from in Texas. Um, uh, they lived in Katy, Texas, at the time, so I ended up uh, transferring to, to Waco and working in the Workman's Comp company for about three or four more years uh, before I finally. Uh, finished my edd in 2018 uh, and i didn't think i was going to teach originally i just thought i would leave it till you know um a retirement age you know i just figured out yeah, it's nice to fall back if my hands give out or my back gives out and i can't do physical therapy anymore i could teach right? right well then i moved into a skilled nursing facility and home health situation where i was working almost full-time on both of them uh, about 60 hours a week and uh, you know it was basically just to get ready for my student loans. You know, they were coming due after, after I graduated in 2018. And so I was like, all right, I got to figure this situation out. Um, But then, you know, COVID hit and, you know, we had about 35 patients that had it and about 32 staff members that had it. And my wife's a type one diabetic, so she's already, you know, compromised. So I kind of stepped away from the clinical uh, side of things for a moment. And that same week that I stepped down, Uh, the head of the program at University of St. Augustine in Austin called me up and said, hey, you know, are you still interested in teaching? And I said, well, I wasn't. But uh, now that you mention it, COVID's kind of running rampant. I think it might be a good time to look into teaching. So, uh, you know, I transitioned into academia full-time with the EDD, and I turned out, you know, I knew I liked teaching, but I didn't know I liked it as much as I, I do. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I teach full-time for the University of St. Augustine's Flex program, which is like teaching from home 90% of the time and then going up for labs every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I still have my mobile PT practice, um, which is a cash pay out-of-network practice. Um but I just we, when we relocated from Waco to Wimberley, uh, it was hundred thousand was the population up in Waco, and Wimberley's population is four thousand. So it's kind of a big adjustment. I don't know how heavy I'm going to lean into uh, the you know the um, mobile practice, just because uh, you know it, it's it's money's decent, but it's not as good as some of my other side gigs and side hustles where I really want to lean into full time mm-hmm. or as much time as I can you know, on top of my teaching gig, because, you know, with my wife being a type one diabetic, we need medical benefits and not just any medical benefits. We need good medical benefits. And luckily the university has that. So that, you know, my nine to five, if you will, teaching full time at at the university gives me those medical benefits. And then all my side gigs kind of help fill in the holes and the gaps in my business where Mm -hmm. I can kind of grow and scale them as much as I can. Uh, you know, to, to really even out uh, where I feel kind of most fulfilled and, and, you know, you know, it's pretty lucrative as well. So uh, it's a nice little side, side hustle, side gig situation. Right. I I
0: listened to one of your podcasts um, and, and I guess you mentioned there that you have um, eight side gigs
1: that- yeah pretty much at, at any mm-hmm. g- given time uh, i'm usually running about six to eight side hustles uh, oh. under three different businesses uh-huh. so so it's it's kind of more services that i offer as side uh-huh. gigs or side hustles that have turned into like mini businesses mm-hmm. uh, but they're, they're all very separate you know they're all very different and distinct, and they kind of fall into three pillars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the first pillar would be Epic Therapy and Wellness, right? Which is, you know, my mobile practice. Okay. Um, the second one is pteducator.com, which is my online business. I sell a lot of courses through there, whether it be fantasy football injury courses or esports uh, injury prevention courses or how to mm-hmm. start your own mobile therapy practice. Um, or my big one is the master class on how to pay down your student loans quicker through using these side hustles and side gigs, right? Right. Um, and then the third and final one is FGI Consulting. And that's mm. basically where it's almost like a hodgepodge of things that I do as far as injury prevention and wellness, right? Yeah. I consult on that. I've done that for a lot of uh, local companies. I go in, I teach them how to, you know, properly lift, use body mechanics, team lifting. You know, stay hydrated, get good sleep, eat right—all mm-hmm. those things that we need to do to stay healthy in the workplace, and so that we don't get hurt and we cut down on workman, workman's comp costs, right? Right. Uh, so I, I consult that way. Um, plus, I've also consulted on a lot of small business. People that are kind of coming up and and getting stuck and having questions uh, that are doing businesses similar to what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've helped consult that way. Um, And then I also have helped consult with things like uh, population health, um, you know, and just. Uh, kind of treating further up the up the chain um mm-hmm. if you will um and trying to help educate and show people again how to get a healthy population whether it be a workforce or a you know a community or um mm-hmm. you know a team of people uh mm-hmm. just trying to show them health and wellness and how they can you know avoid turning into diabetics or you know somebody with hypertension or something like that um, I, I'm certified in the APHPT, which is Mike Eisenhart's group. And that's all about population health and just trying to treat further up the chain so that we p- can prevent things from happening as opposed to treating them after the fact. Right. Um, yeah. But so that those are the three main businesses. Um, I also, you know, with the consulting, I do a lot of stuff with like lead generation and, uh, you know. Google ads and Facebook ads for businesses as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'll just go in and either help set up a a company's ad flow or, Mm -hmm. you know, set up their ad campaign. Um, And a lot of that wasn't even healthcare. A lot of that was outside of healthcare. Uh, You know, I've worked with companies that were like pool builders. I've worked with roofing companies. I've worked with home uh, renos. you know, just random companies that I got pretty decent at, you know, coming up with ad campaigns for, I started obviously doing it for my own business. When I was a mobile therapy practice, I had to figure out how to generate new leads. So I started, you know, researching Facebook ads and I took a course or two on that. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me learn how to do it. And then two of the guys from my PT class that I graduated with asked, Hey, I saw what you were doing with Facebook ads. Could you do that for our clinic? I got two or Mm -hmm. three clinics here that I want. I I need to run ads. I've never done it. I said, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. They said, you know, we'll pay you. And I said, mm-hmm. all right, sounds like another consulting gig. Line <laughs> it up, you know. <laughs> but like I said, these these consulting gigs just kind of fell into my lap. It wasn't uh-huh. something I set out to do, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just filtered them all into you know the FGI consulting gigs. So mm-hmm.
0: these are all amazing because when we were talking about all the like the three pillars of your businesses, these are things that physical therapists can do, and and not just like stay in the clinic because usually like us Filipino physical therapists, our mindsets are always, all right, I'm a physical therapist. I'm going to work in the clinics or I'm going to work in school as a, as a um, professor or something, but uh, not many people would think about this other options uh, as a, as a form of business. Yeah. I think the
1: biggest, the biggest issue there is the mindset, right? Uh You've got to think about outside the box. You can't just think about being a nine to five clock in, clock out therapist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these side hustles and side gigs can still keep one foot in the boat of healthcare and physical therapy. Like I mm-hmm. said, let's let's just take one example. Let's take the lead generation for a, a PT clinic, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you wanted to learn and you didn't have the skill set yet, but you wanted to learn mm-hmm. about, you know. Running Facebook ads to get new patients in the door for a physical therapy clinic, right? That's Mm -hmm. still sort of physical therapy related. right? Right? It's a skill set you may have to learn outside of your graduate school. But luckily, a lot of the graduate school stuff we learn teaches us systems and how to, you know, write standard operating procedures, right, for plans of care and and that. But now we're just switching it to business and -hmm. writing out systems for how to do this for a business. Step, 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 step. Mm -hmm. And then you go from there and you say, okay, I've learned this new skill. I can then implement it in healthcare for a physical therapy clinic or Mm -hmm. Outside of healthcare, if I wanted to, like I said, work with a roofing company or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so it, you can keep one foot in the boat of, of physical therapy or healthcare, you know, um, but but you just need to think outside the box and think about how can you use the skills that you've learned throughout right. grad school and apply it to what other businesses or what other people in the community need, right? You're connecting mm-hmm. point A to point B. There's a need or a question that needs to be answered, and B is you have the answer, right? So mm-hmm. if you can connect A to B, you've got a pretty profitable business. Mm-hmm. Again, right. it's just about thinking a little bit outside the box.
0: How do you get started in, in side hustle society? Because I think a lot of people would want to know what would be a good motivation to start a, a side gig or a side hustle yeah.
1: yeah i mean for me it came down to the fact that okay look i have a you know 140,000 dollars worth of student loan debt right and mm-hmm. i have two two doctoral degrees right i've got a doctorate in physical therapy and a doctorate in education and it wasn't fair to my family to take on that that student loan debt right i felt A little bit guilty about it because I didn't even want to teach, right? I I didn't even, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this EDD. I don't really want to teach, you know. But as it turned out, it was a good fallback plan to have, right? But with that $140,000 worth of student loan debt, my thought process was all right, let's just suck it up. Let's take it on. Let's say, okay, this is my responsibility. I took out those loans. I'm going to pay them down as quick as I can, right? Well, how can I do that? There's really only two ways to amass some form of money, right? And that's either Mm. to cut corners and budget and save as much as you can on the lower end or make more income. Those are the only two ways to generate some form of money, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I thought it was way easier to generate more money and more profit, right? And just come up with ways to increase your income, right? So I said, okay, well, what are some things I could do that could increase my income, right? And the first thought was, all right, PRN, right? I'll work a PRN job, but Mm -hmm. that you're still trading time for money at that point. Right. And so, okay, maybe I'm making 50 bucks an hour. That's not bad for PRN, Mm -hmm. but why do $50 an hour? If I can treat a cash pay patient out of network home, you know, my, my mobile business, where I just bring a table into their home or their office, treat them there for 35, 45 minutes, and I can charge 200 bucks for the hour. Right, so why am I gonna why am I gonna work fifty dollars an hour for PRN for somebody else making somebody else rich when I can just you know treat my own patients under my company my PLLC and make two hundred dollars an hour you know and that's Mm -hmm. again not having to deal with insurance companies not having to deal with reimbursement it's straight up cash homie you know Mm -hmm. so it's like it just didn't make sense to me right so if I was gonna trade time for money it was gonna be my own time on my terms for the amount that I felt that I was worth and, and where I was valued. Mm -hmm. Right. But like I said, now the problem becomes, okay, Let's say that you have this mobile practice like I had, right? And uh, you make approximately $200 an hour per patient, right? And that's pretty good rate for a physical therapist. But let's say I can go to a moving company locally here that has 50 employees, and I can consult with them and teach them how to properly lift, proper body mechanics, group lifting, team lifting, right? Uh, bending in the knees, tightening the core, all the stuff that we learned in PT school and ergonomics. Right. And I can teach them about health and, you know, healthy eating, staying hydrated, like all these things that need to happen in order to to be in a happy, healthy workforce. Mm-hmm. And I can charge 1500 bucks an hour for that consulting. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can do that for two hours, right? 30 minutes for like tour the place eval, see what's kind of going on there. Right. And then about an hour and a half worth of educating, on mm-hmm. how to do all these things and teaching their employees how not to get hurt on the job. Right. Right. And boom, right. You're going to make, you know, two to $3,000 for consulting that way. So now it becomes a matter of, okay, again, if I'm going to use my time, what, you know, why would I treat a, two patients, let's say for two hours and make $400 when I can consult and educate 50 people and make two to 3000 in those two hours. Right. So now, again, you're trying to find the the value of your time and you're trying to figure out what your, your services are actually worth. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: well, when you explaining that, I was thinking of uh, some colleagues I had in, in the university that, you know, specializes in ergonomics. They can go into that in their like free time after school or something that they, or weekends. They can consult if um uh, use their knowledge in ergonomics. They have like masters in occupational health as well. So that's something that they can
1: do. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it didn't take much. I have two templates. I have one Mm -hmm. that's for like sitting at a desk and typing like, um, overuse injuries, like Mm -hmm. carpal tunnel and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I have another template that's for like big heavy lifting, like, you know, moving companies or, you know, anything where there's, you know, heavy lifting involved. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a furniture company in Waco there that I worked with. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I just use those two templates and I customize them to that company specifically. I put in some examples of exactly what they're doing and things they're lifting and how to really do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. And, and again, I took days off from work to go do these consulting gigs. I would do two consulting gigs, one in the morning, one in the afternoon while taking a PTO day off from work because the money was too good to miss, uh-huh. right? So, I mean, okay. I'm working a full nine to five. And I would just take a day off every once in a while and go do these consulting gigs. Or I would do them, you know, after five o'clock or on the weekends if they can do it then as well. Right. But but again, right, I'm working 40 hours a week at that job. Mm-hmm. And then I'm probably using another 10 to 15 a week to do consulting and to do some other things. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not, it's not easy. I'm not saying that it's, it's easy. Right. But luckily now working for the university, my hours are down to about 32 for the university and they give me eight to do self-development type stuff, which could be clinical work. Mm -hmm. So again, that would be perfect. I could take a full day and go treat patients if I wanted to on my mobile practice. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I can work on my business uh, coaching and my consulting uh, side of things as well. And that's kind of where I put a lot of my, my efforts in my free time.
0: But so the next question there now is if you're if you're someone who has a full-time job and you're thinking about uh, starting even one side gig, how much time should you allot in just the, the planning and starting part and not not the execution yet, but the 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 thinking part
1: of the side gig? Yeah, it doesn't take much time at all. Honestly, you could be mm-hmm. up and running within 30 days, no problem. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, in the state of Texas, here where I live, uh, they recommend a PLLC, right, mm-hmm. which is a um, uh, professional license liability corporation. Mm-hmm. It's similar to an LLC, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason for that is anybody who has a professional license—doctors, lawyers, uh, dentists, PTs, OT, speech—you know, whatever—anyone mm-hmm. who has a professional license and wants to open their own clinical practice, they or or practice, mm-hmm. they are offered the PLLC. Nobody else in Texas is offered that, mm-hmm. and it's just another layer of protection, right? So if somebody goes to sue you, they can only sue the business and can't go after your personal stuff, right? Right. Good news is PTs very rarely get sued because we just don't do anything malicious for the most part. We don't kill patients, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, our malpractice insurance is pretty low and, and, you know, we, we have a good heart, right? We, we have a servant's type heart. We want to help people We want to see them get better. So mm-hmm. for the most part, PTs are not getting sued that often. Right. Mm-hmm. But just in case you've got to have that PLLC in case, uh, in place, I should say. And then you also need some sort of malpractice insurance, mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, go ahead.
0: Is that required to whatever side gig you're going to open up or if it's just physical therapy related?
1: Yeah, I would say just if it's clinical, if it's, Mm -hmm. if it's physical therapy, occupational therapy or speech, whatever, if it's clinically related, you're going to want some sort of malpractice insurance. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say uh, you have an online website, right? And you sell courses through that. Like I do through Mm -hmm. pteducator.com. Most of the time you're okay if you just put a disclaimer, and again, you'll have to talk to a, a business lawyer about setting this up. But if you put a disclaimer at the bottom of your website saying this is for purely educational purposes, hmm. it, they, it's hard for them to come back and sue you for for something you know they found in your course and tried and it didn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, as long as you have some disclaimers in there, you know, that kind of takes care of that. But luckily, my malpractice insurance covered not Mm -hmm. only Epic Therapy and Wellness, but also pteducator.com. I told them everything I was trying to do with my businesses Mm -hmm. and they covered it all. And it was only like 300 bucks a, uh, a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't very expensive. Yeah. So the LLC, mm-hmm. again, same thing about 300, 350 to start a PLLC here in Texas. It's different for every state. So you have to do a little research depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. Uh, the malpractice insurance was about 300 for the year. Um And other than that, I think there was maybe just uh, a yearly tax if you made less than a million dollars. I think you had to just say, yeah, I made less than a million. It was Mm -hmm. 50 bucks uh, or something like that for the first year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and that was about it for startups. I think I paid Mm -hmm. another 500 or so to set up uh, my website. Um, And then after that, you know, it's all just been implementation. So for, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty much for for close to about a thousand bucks or less, Mm -hmm. uh, you could really, you know get your first business up and running. And again, if you're bootstrapping and you're just starting, Mm -hmm. like I didn't have a thousand bucks. Right. So what I did was I went on eBay and I sold a bunch of stuff. We had a garage sale. Um, and I think I ended up on, on Facebook marketplace as well, selling a couple of pretty big items. And I think we ended up selling about 1100 bucks worth of stuff in one weekend. Mm -hmm. And I took that 1100 and I just put it toward the business. Mm -hmm. And you know, that was it. It was uh it was go time from there. And like I said, takes about three weeks or so to get your articles of incorporation for your mm. PLLC. Once you do that, you have to get an EIN, and employee ID number. Um, and that uh, is basically like a social security number for your business. Mm. And then once you do that, you're ready to roll. You open up a business bank account with that EIN number and that's it, man. It's wow. go time. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Well, well, you
0: explaining it, it sounds easy, but it's for someone who's not really familiar with a business service, that's... Uh, Really, a handful. Um, well, and that's uh, why
1: you reach out for mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. You find people who have done the things that you want to do. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I paid for many mentors every time I hit a speed bump or a road bump or something I didn't know about. I'd mm-hmm. pay for a masterclass or a mastermind, right? Or or I'd I'd pay for somebody to consult with and to just help me and mentor me through the process. Right. And it it basically speeds up your timeline. Mm -hmm. You know, with mentorship, there's basically three reasons people pay for mentorship. One, they have no idea what they're doing and just need guidance, right? They need somebody to show them what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. Two, you know kind of what you're doing, but you've seen them already do it. And you just want to take their process and implement your stuff into their process because you like the way they're doing it. Or three, again, you pretty much know what you're doing They've already done it and you want to speed up the, the timeline, speed up mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, by avoiding all the mistakes that they've already made and them showing you how to speed through this process, you can go from a 12 a month process down to a three month process. Mm-hmm. It's a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for that every time, you know? Right. So, you know, there's an argument, oh, why, why would you pay for mentorship? Well, I'm telling you why that's why I did it. You know, I either hit uh, a speed bump and, or didn't know what was going on, or yeah. I just wanted to speed the process up and show me, you know, show me the way. Yeah
0: right? Uh, there are people who would want to experience the mistakes. There are people who would want to skip that, those, those mistakes.
1: And you're still going to make mistakes, even if uh-huh. you have a mentor, because uh-huh. your, your experience is going to be way different than theirs. But they're going right. to show you the, the things that they did to like, say, hey, avoid Worked. these big red flags, you uh-huh. know. So, you know, it, it, there's definitely mistakes to be made, but that's good, right? Failure uh-huh. is just a learning process. That's all it mm-hmm. is. It's, it's an experience and it's a chance to learn. Mm-hmm. The only way to really fail is to stop and to quit, mm-hmm. you know, and to stop doing what you're doing. Stop trying to follow your dream. That's the only real failure, you know. Right.
0: right. Having a uh, side gigs or side hustles sounds like a like a fairy tale. But what would, what are the realities of having a side hustle or side side gig?
1: Yeah. I mean, I work, I still work, you know, 60 hours a week or so uh, mm. you know, I, it's not easy. Again, I pretty much have my full-time gig, right. Mm. Teaching. And then I, I still work another, you know, 20 to 25 hours a week on, on the side hustles, uh. but it's also because I love, them. they're my passion mm. projects, right? They're okay. my, my, my zones of genius, if you will. It's mm. what I would love to do all day, every day for free. If I could, you know? But, you know, I got bills to pay. I got to, you know, put a roof over the head. I need the medical benefits, right? So it's a little bit of those golden handcuffs, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to work the full-time job, but, you know, I also stay fulfilled and happy and enjoying what I do when I do the side hustles and the side gigs. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's easy by any means, you know, Mm -hmm. it takes work. It's it's hard, especially Mm -hmm. if you want to start it as a side gig and eventually turn it into your full-time gig and walk away from your nine to five. Mm -hmm. That'd be great, right? Right. If If people can do that, awesome, be but, your own you boss. Know, right. Right. And that's the goal eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll ever hit that point just because of the medical benefits, but I'm pretty happy right now. I'm content doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. at the ratio that I'm doing it, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, you know, I wish I could say that it's an easy, easy job, but it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's not just like, Oh, you just make a course and then you put it online and you make all this money and it's, you know, easy peasy. Right. 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 Literally, uh, you know, mail, mailbox checks. You know, no, <laughs> passive passive income doesn't exist. I'm not a I'm I'm not a fan of the word, but <laughs> there there are ways to make money while you sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, you know, my courses sell sometimes while I'm asleep, right? And that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh-huh. But there was a lot of front end setup on those courses, you know, and then there's ads you have to run to it, right? And there's uh-huh. there's work that still goes into an online business. People think it's easy. You just set up a course and sell it. And you you make all these millions of dollars. <laughs> it Does it doesn't work that way, you know? So there's still a lot of work that needs to be put into an online business, but it can mm-hmm. be done. And mm-hmm. believe me, I'm easily the the dumbest smart guy you'll ever meet. So if I can do it, trust me, anybody can do it. It just takes persistency and and just stick-to-itiveness, I call it, right? Uh, You just have to keep getting back up after you get knocked down. And it's going to happen. You're going to get knocked down a bunch, right? That's the uh, only way I got through my EDD, right? They dragged me mm -hmm. across the finish line, kicking and screaming. But I had a a high grit score, and I just kept getting up every time I got knocked down. Mm -hmm. And that's what what entrepreneurship is, right? That's what Mm -hmm. being a business owner is. Mm-hmm. It's just figuring that stuff out and getting back up when you get knocked down. Great. Right, Great. Right, right. I, I,
0: what, the, what, uh, there are words that, that stuck to me when you, you were saying earlier, you said passion projects. Um, people might, might ask like, m- should my side gig be a, 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 passion gig or should be for profit gig? Well, i
1: you can find the crossroads of both. Uh-huh. That's, that's the winner, winner, chicken dinner right there, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: So th- the way that I usually start people off is by, by asking, okay, mm-hmm. what what do people come to you for? What do they ask you questions about? Because they know you're so knowledgeable about this and you just love it. and You're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. What do family and friends constantly come and ask you about, right? Mm-hmm. What are you just so good at? Mm-hmm. Then I, then I ask them to write a bunch of things down that they love to do hobbies or just things that make them happy. Right. Then I kind of see, are there any that intersect? Are there any that cross over? So for, for instance, let's just take an example here. Uh, you know, People are, are always coming to you about uh, shoulder issues because you just love the shoulder. You love the anatomy of it. You know, you're a big fan of overhead sports and things. And, you know, you just, you're a shoulder expert. You love the shoulder. You would treat shoulder all day, every day if you could. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, it turns out you also like golf. You like fishing. Right. You like bowling. You like, um, you know, playing cards when board games with the family, right? Um, you know, you like going out to watch sporting events, like, okay, well, now you got a list of hobbies and things you like to do. And now you look and you know, shoulder is an expertise. And up, oh, here's golf as well. You like golf. Well, that's kind of an overhead sport, that's a swing sport, right? Maybe I could do something where I start a physical therapy practice. Maybe you start mobile, start small and I treat golfers only. That's my niche. Mm -hmm. That's where I've niched down and I just treat golfers. And now you're bringing together both worlds because at the end of the day, you want something you can do long-term and stick with it. And you want Mm -hmm. something that'll make you happy and keep you fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Because if you can do those things, you can try and error this thing for a while until you get it working right. And you'll, you'll just inevitably be happy. You know, it'll, you are a, your, your own boss at that point for, for that, side hustle or side gig, right? It's with a population that you enjoy. And it's with, you know, for the most part, a couple of, jo- you know, a joint that you enjoy and a, a part of the body you enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of low back pain with golfers as well, right? They may have knees or ankles too, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can start putting out content about the shoulder constantly, like golfer shoulder, golfer shoulder, golfer tips, tricks, stretches, strengtheners, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you start putting out, you know, a YouTube channel and, and content on that. Right, and then you start putting it out on Instagram and Twitter. Then you start a podcast about it. Right, mm-hmm. you know you can monetize YouTube. Right, after you get mm-hmm. a, a thousand followers and four thousand watched hours, you can monetize YouTube. Right. Mm-hmm podcast you can get sponsors for that whether they be golf related sponsors or healthcare related sponsors you can find a, a podcast you can even do a local podcast right let's say I live in you know Waco Texas where I used to live right mm-hmm. it can be the the Waco golfers podcast and all I talk about is health and and improving your game for golfers in the waco area
0: mm-hmm. now I have
1: the local waco pharmacy sponsor the podcast and I'm making 500 bucks a month off of their sponsorship and all I have to do is read a 30second clip every every week on the Podcast like a commercial. Oh, right. So now okay. there's just three or four different streams of revenue coming into all these little connected side gigs and side hustles that I've started. Mm-hmm. You know, and those little streams start adding up 500 a month here, 1,000 a month there, 200 here, 800 there. And all of a sudden you're making three or 4,000 a month extra just from this little golfing side gig that you started locally. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be huge. Like I said, you could keep it as a side gig, Like I'm Mm -hmm. doing, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got three businesses, all of which are side gigs, and, you know, they're, they're not million dollar companies by any means, but you add them up all together. And I'm making more than I I would as a physical therapist or as a professor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of finding what works for you and what you can do long-term and what you like to do. And if you don't like it or you don't want to do it, outsource it, right? Hire somebody to do it. Pay somebody to bring them onto your company, a virtual assistant or, a, you know, um, you know, just a, te- a team member. For me, I-, I hired my wife this year for the first time. She's my bookkeeper now, right? And she's helping wow. out with a little bit of social media. So wow. that was my first hire, right? Mm-hmm. And we get to write her salary off as a tax benefit too. So, like, you know, it's a win-win.
0: Wow, everything you said just came out easy for you. I was like, how long were you? Did you have to study all of that? And how much time did you invest to, you know, get familiarized with all of that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So this all started with uh, the Healthcare Education Transformation podcast, right? It's mm-hmm. a podcast I host with Brandon Pone and Stephanie Wyrock, And basically, we all had issues with the world of academia. And when we mm-hmm. came through the programs, we kind of felt like we we weren't given 100%. Like it just wasn't a great, perfect program. Mm-hmm. And, and no program is going to be perfect. But we felt there exactly. there were issues in our own programs that we felt could have been better. Mm -hmm. So we were new to academia. We didn't know anything about it. We weren't teachers yet. I had only taught two adjunct courses, right? And so we had to figure out how to get experts on the show and ask them what they thought was broken about academia and how they would fix it. So that's the big question we ask at the end of every episode, right? If you could fix, uh, if there, there's one aspect of f- f- higher education, whether it be physical therapy or otherwise, that you can change, what aspect mm-hmm. would you change and how would you change it? Mm-hmm. And the number one most given answer was cost. They felt the cost of, of PT school and healthcare schools were just too expensive these days, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which I agree with, right? The debt to income ratio, especially for physical therapists, is kind of crummy right now. You can't come out with $200,000 worth of student loan debt and make 55000 $65,000 as a new grad you just can't do it it's not gonna it's not sustainable so I said all right if that's the number one issue we're coming across I got to find a way to answer this issue I have to you know my call to action has to be to do something to help attack those you know the cost of, of mm-hmm. physical therapy uh, school right and so the way I thought to do that was to you know I was working and doing and experimenting on all these side hustles and side gigs for about three or four years so I said, why don't I show people the things that I'm doing and they can pick and choose from ones they think they might like, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll start there. So I wrote the book, right. PT educator, student debt eliminator. And you can find that on Amazon. Um, it, it, it came out naturally because I was an English major before I was ever a physical therapist. Right. So I just wrote the book, it took me, I don't know, eight or nine months. I probably could have got it done in three, but life kind of threw us a couple curves. <sighs> So I released the book, then I created a master class on the back end of that, and then I finally finished a list of 100 different side hustles and side gigs that, that people can do as healthcare providers or healthcare mm-hmm. academicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find that at pteducator.com backslash 100, mm-hmm. People can download that list. They can look at it. I think of the 100, I've tried about 20 of them. Mm-hmm. Of the 20, I'm still doing about 8 to 10. You know? Oh, wow. And so, again, it just took me getting my my feet on the ground, my boots on the ground, and just trying this stuff, getting down in the trenches and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And whenever, you know, finding things that I personally needed to grow and scale my business, like lead generation, Facebook ads, Google mm-hmm. ads, that's not something they teach us in PT school. Right but i had to figure it out right mm-hmm. so i tried i took some you know some online courses watched some online videos and it just wasn't clicking so i went to a masterclass you know paid a, a good chunk of money but at the same time i ran a couple facebook ads after that weekend and i got three or four plans of care right off the bat off of those facebook ads and plans of care are averaging, you know, 1,500 to 1,800 bucks per plan of care completed. Mm-hmm. So three of those covered the co- the course mm-hmm. cost, right? And now everything after that's just ROI, right? I'm just making money on my investment. So yeah, a- again, a little bit of it is mindset. You've got to have that, that mindset that like, look, this is an investment in myself and my business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, money is just a tool that we use to, to mm-hmm. transfer energy and to tr- make transactions. Right, right. Mm-hmm. and so I need to, to use this money to invest and make a transaction to learn more and better myself mm-hmm. and get better at this process so that I can implement it in my business and then make more money so that I can put it back into the business and grow and scale the business and make more profit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so channeling you know, your profits to the business all about the business.
1: Exactly. Now, th- that's not to say not to pay yourself, right? Uh-huh. It doesn't. It doesn't all go back into the business. You got to make some money off the top. And there's a good book out there called Profit First uh, by, I believe it's Mike Michalowicz. Uh and that's a good book to read for business owners who are, you know, just. Not sure how to handle their finances. This is a good mm-hmm. way to kind of learn how to like pay yourself first, then put tax money aside, then the rest of it goes back into the business, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a reverse thought. Everybody usually pays all the business bills and expenses first, right. then taxes, then whatever's left they take. Yeah, uh, but he he says to switch it around and, and take you know profit first. So it's a pretty cool book. That's interesting. But, um, yeah, because yeah, I've heard
0: some some podcasts that you know channel channel your profits to the business first. Like um, forget about uh, uh, paying yourself for a while. Uh, just put your, in, invest your all your profits to the business before paying yourself. So that's, that's different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, early on, that's probably true. You need a little Um, money to get off the ground. Right. But mm -hmm. once, once you get going and you have a certain number that you've hit monthly and you're keeping that and you're expanding Mm -hmm. on that, that's Mm -hmm. when you've got to start, you know, paying yourself first, Mm -hmm. a a salary. Right. uh, And then, you know, kind of going from there. But again, there's also ways to, to pay yourself. Uh, through bonuses, quarterly mm. bonuses to where you're not getting taxed on it as much, mm. um, you know, but again, I'm not a CPA, I'm not an accountant, you, these are things that you've got to talk to your, your CPA about mm-hmm. your small business accountant, and then your, uh, your lawyer, your business lawyer as well,
0: because
1: gotcha. um, you want to do everything on the level for sure. But uh there are some really interesting tax loops out there, and that's one of the bonuses of starting your own business or your side hustle, is you can there's so many tax write-offs. Mm-hmm. You know, if I need a new laptop for the business, I purchase it right, and then at the end of the year it comes off as a tax write-off. So my salary comes down by whatever the cost of the, the laptop was. Right. Wow. So uh, in- inevitably, what's going to end up happening is if I write off enough, it's going to drop me down a tax bracket. And I'm not going to get taxed at 22 percent. I'll get taxed at 15, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whatever your tax bracket is. So uh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> again, Just one of the perks of owning uh-huh. a, a small business. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's tax write offs. So uh,
0: getting back to mindset you mentioned earlier, um, for people who wanted to start a side hustle, a side gig. Is it better for them to plan, like intensively plan, comprehensively plan versus uh, take it till you make it?
1: (laughs) Try everything on the list
0: and, you know, just go for it. And if it fails, then try again.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Uh there has to so let's say you start with the list of a hundred mm-hmm. side gigs and you go through and you pick about five or ten, right? Mm-hmm. Again, you don't need that many, you just need one or two, really. Mm-hmm. Like let's say you have a, a monthly income goal that you want to set for this new mm-hmm. side gig or side hustle. You can hit that goal likely with just one or two side hustles, right? Uh and it depends on how much it is, but even still, like when I was doing my mobile practice, right, I was making an extra it was probably about two uh, fifteen hundred to two thousand a week just mm-hmm. seeing patients, you know. And that's only you know five to ten patients a week. That's not mm-hmm. much that's you know, and then that that would end up being, you know, anywhere from four to eight thousand a month extra. Uh-huh. That's huge. That's that's a salary yes. for uh-huh. some people, right? Right, right. And, and again, I wasn't hustling for that. I was, you know just getting by. I was just seeing a couple of patients here and there, like two, Mm -hmm. two a day after work or like Mm -hmm. one, one or two in the weekend, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and eventually just grew to where I was just too busy. And I had to like, like kind of cut the ads off Mm -hmm. and just stop and say, Hey, this is my patient load. And that's it. Uh Otherwise I'd be working two 40 hour a week jobs. And that's not the point of this. Mm -hmm. You know, the point, the point is to gain time freedom through financial freedom, right? You Mm -hmm. want to be able to pick and choose who you see, when you see, you know, on your terms. And and in order to do that, you've, you know, you've got to either, you know, work on the business instead of in it, right. Or you got to start hiring people on to, to see some of the patients for you. If you, you know, if that's what you're doing, or like I said, uh, to h- hire somebody to work on your online stuff, whether it be social media or bookkeeping or whatever, mm-hmm. to kind of free yourself up to do CEO level stuff and start thinking about the business, right? Exactly. So, I mean, if if you look at the big picture, there has to be some level of planning where you narrow it down to the handful of of things you think you might be good at or might be interested in, and if you don't have that skill set yet, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Everything is available on YouTube University. I mean, it's all out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you still can't get it, or you just want, you want to feel a little more comfortable, you want one on one attention, hire somebody, hire somebody who's doing that exact thing you're trying to do. Copywriting. I had to read eight to 10 books before I understood copywriting, and I was an English major. <laughs> right? So I thought I'd be good at it, right? No, copywriting is a totally different language. The grammar sucks. There's like, you know, exclamation points all over the place. and like, Emojis. <laughs> yeah. Emojis and bold, <laughs> bold letters and, you know, huge headlines. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Right. Uh-huh. But it took me a while to figure it out. And, and it again, about three months, I read about 10 books and then I got the hang of it. I was like, all right, I feel comfortable writing my own email sequences and my own Facebook ads, you know, and my own Google ads and stuff to kind of, you know, drum up my business the way that it should be done through copywriting. Mm. Then once I got good at it in my business, I was able to now offer my services to other PT clinics. And I, I just recently wrote a, um, an email sequence for a company that was coming out of COVID so they were basically, you know, opening their doors back up. They were trying to send out a reintroduction type sequence to their, their patient list to say, hey, guys, we're back. We're still trying to be cautious. You know, wearing masks, mm-hmm. still social distancing, but uh, we are, you know, we offer telehealth still, but we're now offering in-person visits. So it was a seven email sequence. And those seven emails, I think they, it ended up being 750 bucks. I got paid. And it took me about an hour to write those seven emails. Oh, So that, wow. so that, wow. was, that was a pretty solid hour, right? Mm-hmm. But if I didn't put in the time and I didn't learn about copywriting, mm-hmm. I never would have been able to do that. right? And I had to feel oh. comfortable enough with it for myself before I went out and offered my services to other people. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you plan on the four or five side hustlers or side mm-hmm. gigs you think you might be interested in or might be good at or might excel at, mm-hmm. there's your your first start. And then you try them. And if they don't work or you don't like them, cross them off the list and either do another one, add another one, or just do the two or three you ended up liking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, So, it's I think it's a little bit of a, a combination, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people struggle with imposter syndrome. Oh, I can't do that or I can't yeah. start a business or That's whatever. That's true, yeah again, if I can do it, trust me, anyone can do it, right? You just got to put in the time. You got to put in the reps. You got to try some things and fail. You will Mm -hmm. fail sometimes. And that's okay. That's a learning process. It just takes time to then learn enough to not make those mistakes again and get better at it, right? You put in the reps just like anything. You didn't know how to be a physical therapist before you went to PT school. Mm -hmm. Now you know, right? So, I mean, again, throw that imposter syndrome out the window, stop making excuses, just do it literally, like Nike says, right? Just do it. Just implement, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, again, like improper action beats proper inaction 100% of the time, right? Meaning that, look, if I try stuff and it's okay, it's 75, 80%, that's uh, great. Uh-huh. That's good enough, right? Now, better, better than better. zero. <laughs> exactly. It's a million times better than zero, right? Now make mm-hmm. it a little better. Mm-hmm. Craft it, work on it, tweak it a little better two to 3% better every month. And all of a sudden at the end of the year, you're 90%, hundred percent, 110%,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So, I mean, it just, it, you got to just implement, pick something, try it, start mm-hmm. it, implement it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then the rest just becomes, uh, you know, part of the journey and you have mm-hmm. to really enjoy that, that, that grind and that hustle a little bit, you know, to get to a, a comfortable point in the journey to where you're like, yeah, this is working. Finally, I knew I could do this, mm-hmm. you know? Wow.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. All I could think about this when you were talking and explaining things like all that you did for your business, you became good, and then you leveraged that skill that you learned to to earn and help other businesses.
1: yep wow, you you just hit the nail on the head. The number one key word is leverage mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you a story that that happened to me. I was in the Third year out of four in my EDD program, mm-hmm. and I loved the didactic work, all the classwork, the coursework. I was doing great in it; I loved it. But I was—I had this like panic attack moment where I was like, "Shoot, I don't want to teach. What the hell am I doing? Adding another forty thousand dollars onto my student loans for uh-huh. a degree that I don't even want to use, right?" So luckily, I talked to a bunch of the people in the PT world that were mentors of mine, right? I talked to Greg Todd, Jerry Durham, and Paul Goff, and even a couple of people outside the, the realm. Gallant Dill was one of my mentors, you know, and, and just some business folks. And they basically all said the same kind of thing in the different ways. But basically, they all said, as long as you can leverage your skill set, your license, and your degrees, it doesn't matter what you do. You'll be fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that kind of set me at ease. And I was like, oh, man, they're right. Like, I don't have to teach in a university. I can teach online classes about business or about, you know, side hustles like I do, right? Or about sports, fantasy football injuries, right? Or Mm -hmm. Mm esports injuries or whatever. As long as I say, hey, look, I'm an expert and an authority in this topic because of my credentials, my background, my schooling, and then the extra work that I put in to learn about this topic and my passion for it. Mm -hmm. People will, will flock to you and pay you for your knowledge and your skill set, mm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it just becomes a matter of, of people knowing yeah. you, liking you, and trusting you to eventually then purchase from you. Mm. So that's where the content creation stuff kind of comes out. And you got to put yourself out there and, you know, not be afraid and just put mm-hmm. yourself, you know, facing forward. Okay. And, and and it just becomes a matter of leveraging Everything that you've put together, your whole entire skill set, your whole life experiences, right? Because my experiences are going to be different than somebody else's. Right. And so I may have a different point of view on things and how to treat something or how to fix something or how to mm-hmm. perform something, a task, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, as long as I leverage all of those things, you can turn that into any mm-hmm. business that you want, really. Right.
0: And and so but when you say that, uh so don't be afraid that the the market is saturated no, because you have your own not. unique unique experience background there.
1: Yeah, especially when it comes to like book writing, right? I, re- uh-huh. I wrote a book, right? And my first book, I was a little bit afraid like are there already some books out there that kind of tell people how to pay off their loans quicker? And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Mine's specifically for physical therapists and people in the healthcare world. Mm-hmm. And it's my personal experience on how I did this and how they could do it too. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be the exact way, but they could pick a couple of the ones that I'm doing and implement those. Right. This is just my story. It's to get your ideas flowing and make you think about things, mm-hmm. pick and choose what you want to use from it, ignore what you don't, doesn't matter, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's whatever's going to work for you, you mm-hmm. know? And and again, somebody could write the exact same book, mm-hmm. but it's going to be completely different because of their point of view and their life experiences. Exactly. So yeah, don't ever be afraid of somebody else doing the same thing you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even look at them as competition. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm an abundance mindset kind of guy where I think that there's plenty of people out there for everybody to treat or help. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do my thing, and you know, if people like me and my style and what I'm doing and how I can teach them and help them, they'll come on board, right? If not, right. They'll, they'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it is what yeah. it is. There's plenty, plenty
0: of fish in the sea, right? Well, this has been a very interesting and very value-packed uh conversation, Scott. I really learned a lot and really got the ideas flowing. I learned a lot from what you've been saying, your experiences about side gigs and side hustles. Um, for those who are you know, listening and also are as interested as I am in, in knowing more, where can they learn more about you, about your um, courses and stuff, your book as well?
1: Yeah, so the best place to find me is probably the Facebook group, Professors of Profit. Uh, that's where I kind of go over a different side hustle each month um, and kind of some of the tips and tricks and tactics that I, that I currently use and employ. And we have to, you know, the community talks about the mm-hmm. things that they're doing and they're trying that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on social media at PT Educator pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the book, like I said, is PT Educator, Student Debt Eliminator, Multiple Streams of Revenue for Healthcare Clinicians and Academicians, and that can be found on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the the main ways to, to reach me. I'm pretty accessible on social media, so by all means, reach out. Uh, if you have questions or anything like that, I'd be gr- glad to chat about uh, your ideas and what you're working on. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Thank you very much. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to acknowledge you and uh, for sharing your time with us and, and your knowledge and experience with uh, the, the podcast's audience. Um, I have I just have my last three bites, my last three questions. Um, the first one is what is your recipe for success?
1: Like I said, man, persistency. Just, just persistence and, and just sticking to it. You uh-huh. know, okay. uh, look, you're gonna get knocked down a bunch in in life in general. Just keep getting back up. You know, dust yourself off and get back up. Get back on the horse. Try it again. Persistence mm-hmm. and sticking to it. <laughs> yep, that's yep.
0: it. And uh, my second one is aside from profit first, because you mentioned that earlier. Uh, what other book uh, that you have read that uh, helped you? You uh, is worth sharing to our uh, listeners.
1: Yeah, I just finished Ramit Sethi's "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." Um, that's a pretty good one. It uh, it kind of basically shows you, you know, uh, simple things like uh, how to use local banks and credit unions instead of the big chain banks because they charge a bunch of fees for nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. Then he shows you how to take some of those little savings here and there and put them into four hundred one ks and other in- uh, investment plans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of 401k. I have one, but it's it's not my plan for retirement. You know, a bunch of my more more passive-y typing comes, like rental properties and things like that are really going to be the big one. Uh, but, yeah, I Will Teach You To Be Rich uh, by Ramit Sethi uh, is, is a good one. I would say recommend it. Go out and read that one.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And, and I'm going to put this on the show notes as well so that uh, people can uh, read it. And my last bite would be... Um, what are the three things, uh, it can be a uh, principle, a motto, a uh, value that you carry every day with you um, that is essential. So what are the three things, the ingredients that make up F. Scott feel?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the first one probably comes from my dad and that's just doing the right thing is always the right thing, right? Oh. Uh, I know Gary V says that a lot. Uh, it just be a good person, right? The, the golden rule, like... I, I, in PT school, I was always taught to treat people like they were your family member or grandma or mm-hmm. grandpa, whatever. Right. Exactly. And that's a good way to go about life in general. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then second one would probably be like karma. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of karma. I just believe that if you follow step one and you're a good person, it'll come back around to you in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And the more you give, the more you end up getting back. So like, right. You know, just kind of go by that rule of karma that, that things are going to come back around to you. And the more you give out and the more positivity you push out there, you'll mm-hmm. receive that back, you know. Uh, and then the last but not least is really that, you know, your profession, whatever it may be, ptot you know, mm-hmm. doctor, nurse, you know, lawyer, whatever. Mm-hmm. That should only be the tip of your iceberg, right? We have so many skill sets and things that we learn throughout graduate school or, you know, whatever schooling that we did, or even if it's just the school of hard knocks, right? Like life in general, the streets, right? I grew up in New York. Uh, you learn a lot of stuff quick there, you know, uh, going, going to public school, teach you a couple of things, you know, mm. but, you know, anything that we learn, any of our life experiences, all of that in general can make up, you know, what we can do and how we can help people. So... Mm. Yeah, I'm a physical therapist or a professor, right? But I'm also a dad, right? I'm also, you know, a, a, a son, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a brother, uh, you know. I, I like to think that I'm, you know, a pillar in the community. Like, I like to help and, and get engaged. And, you know, my dad was always like the mayor, you know. He never mm-hmm. met a stranger. He was always driving around the van. Hey, how are you? Hey, good to <laughs> see you. All right, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies, you know. And I, I like to, you know, think that that I'm, I'm the same way. I've, I've kind of learned a lot from him and I just, you know, It's one of those things where, like, we don't just have to clock in and clock out and you know Mm -hmm. lurch back to our homes every day, right? Right. That we we can be so much more than just a physical therapist. And I'm not saying work eighty hours a week and burn yourself out. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's finding that happy medium of like utilizing your skills to the best of your ability and practicing at the top of your license or the top of your degree or the Mm -hmm. top of your business, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's going beyond that, that just that nine to five clock in clock out mentality.
0: Right. So doing what is right, karma and your profession, whatever that yeah.
1: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the tip of our iceberg, man. <laughs> we got, we got a lot, of, a lot underneath that water there.
0: I know. <laughs> I feel like we can discuss a lot more from this, but probably I can, you can, come back for another Take yeah,
1: sure, uh, any any time, man. I'd love
0: to. <laughs> All right. So, um, as as a last uh, uh, statement or a takeaway for our um, audience, something to, to take away from this episode, what what's that um, something that you want them to to really remember from what we have discussed today?
1: I think you got to just implement. You know, mm-hmm. do a little research pick a side gig or a side hustle. You may be interested in what's the worst case scenario. You go back to your nine to five job, you know, as a physical therapist, you have a great safety net, Mm -hmm. try it, try Mm -hmm. experiment, you know, take, taste things, just Mm -hmm. figure it out. See, see if it's something you think you could do or not, if Mm -hmm. not pivot and go a different direction, but try, try things, implement, implement, Mm -hmm. just keep trying, keep, you know, experimenting until you finally figure out something that can work for you. Uh, know, Because at the end of the day, we're all striving for, like I said, that time freedom. We want to be able to do come and go when we want. We don't want a boss telling us when we can take off for vacation and stuff like that. We want to do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. Well, the only way to get to that point is to have some sort of financial freedom, Mm -hmm. right? And so, again, working a nine-to-five... Mm, may or may not get you there. You know, you could have, you know, not had student loans and saved very wisely and, and retired early. Uh, but if if you're like most of us and you're in that hamster wheel, that, that grind, right, that everyday grind, you got to figure a way out of that rat race, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I think side hustles and side gigs are the way to do that. And maybe, again, maybe they become a full-time gig. Who knows? That'd be great. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, you got to start somewhere. You got to mm-hmm. start generating a little extra income and figure out how to make that bigger and bigger and bigger and you know, craft your own, your own path. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Start and implement. Thank you again, Scott, for coming in the show.
1: Absolutely, man. Been a pleasure. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to PT meal podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, please follow the podcast social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests, uh, of the show you can reach me through all the podcast social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. All right looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks just a reminder folks the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only the show strives to keep all information true and correct but humans sometimes make mistakes factual errors may be present so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on the featured topics as well now let's go back to the show